All right, good morning, people. How y'all doing this morning? Doing well, Cliff. Cool, cool, cool. So, somebody, you got a choice. Tell me something good that you foresee happening this week, or tell me a joke. Choice is yours. Mm. But we got to lighten the room up so we can get this uh, mm. get the thing going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So right now I'm going to pick up my new seasoning that I'm dropping. Oh, what? Yes, sir. Gonna pick y'all up caught, a new seasoning. Y'all caught that? Huh? I like the way he worded that. He's picking it up so he can drop it. <laughs> congratulations, first and foremost. Congratulations. Right. So you got a new season coming out, huh? Yes, sir. How much it cost you for that? How much it costs? Yeah, how much it costs you? So the uh, overall cost for the season is like five hundred and seven dollars. How much? How, how, how many? How many? How many cans of seasoning you buying? So it's uh. Let me look at my sheet right quick. Hold on, y'all. Putting him to work early this morning. It's two hundred and uh seventy bottles, I believe. Let me make sure. Let me let me make sure to compare. <clears throat> no, so it's a uh, hundred and nineteen bottles. You paid five hundred seventy dollars for it. So it's the labels that with the labels, nutritional facts. That's all entitled. So it's five hundred and forty dollars and ten cents. Cool. How much you selling the bottle seat? The can the bottle seating for? For seven dollars a can. So you're making less than a fifty percent profit. One 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 bottle costing you four dollars and eighty cents. Right. Hey man, get it. Volume, quantity, shit. Put right. that shit everywhere. Put it in Super One. Put it in Albertsons. Put it all over, man. Come bring it to Houston. I know a store that'll buy it. All right. You already you have you been working on distribution with stores? Uh I'm trying to get one with uh Amazon and no. Uh, no. no I'm logging off. Y'all ain't listening. Nothing I say. I'm logging off right now. Amazon man. Why would you drive people to Amazon and Amazon ain't giving you no money? Why don't you drive people you to your website? Well, yeah, yeah, my website for sure. You didn't say that. I'm sorry. So <laughs> first and foremost, the website. Secondly, I was going to drive to uh for Amazon too, but since that's not a good idea, I guess not. <laughs> You're only making a three dollar profit right now without you even going to Amazon. When you go to Amazon, they're gonna take two dollars fifteen cents. You're only gonna make eighty five cents profit. If that. Let me ask the magic question: Why Amazon in the first place? It's the new thing. It's what people do. Y'all, y'all be ignoring my videos about Amazon, man. Y'all, y'all killing me. Y'all, y'all believe the hype and Amazon go empty your pockets quick, fast, and hurry. And everybody that buys it, guess what? You don't get, brother. You don't get that data. You don't even know who bought it. Nope. Y'all go there one day. I'm about to charge y'all thousand dollars for session for now since y'all ain't listening. 
y'all wait a minute. <laughs> y'all go, y'all go get it. Y'all don't. I, y'all that was not to discourage you, Logan. I think that's a great accomplishment that you came out with your own season. That's yeah, not to discourage you, brother. Kudos to you. Yes, indeed. Man, shark. So if, if some of us went on Shark Tank, they would ears up, huh? Oh yeah. Woo. Boy, I was watching. I was watching some Shark Tank yesterday. I was sitting there like, oh my god. <laughs> they, they, they. I love it because they dig in. They get you out. You come up there, half stepping if you want to around the millionaire being there. You know, here's the thing I love about Shark Tank. Every one of those business owners formed the business, built the business, and sold the business, and then they started doing more stuff. And they and they don't all have the same methods. They all have different methods, but they all their methods are proven. So it's more than one way of doing it, but you got a certain way of working it. But here's the one thing, Logan. I don't want to pick on you too much this morning, but not one person on Shark Tank ever boasted that they put their product on Amazon. They all talk about store distributions. Yeah, okay. Walmart is one of the hardest to get into. That's a worthy opponent or somebody to work to get into. But all your local stores around here, man, you're a local celebrity, man. You won freaking championships around here. You should have no problem getting in any of these stores around here whatsoever, boasting that you have won contests based on your cooking. You got to use your thought power when you got it. I don't think, and I told you this before, I don't think you use it enough. You're a certified chef. You've been in a room with Chef Ramsey. You won championships out there in River Ranch, man. You ain't, you, 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 uh, you got too much humility as far as I'm concerned. You ain't cocky enough uh, to, to bust the doors down and get in there. And I think you already earned that, but you just don't use it. You need to pull out your nuclear weapon and use it, man. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> Do not be scared, man. It's a numbers game at the end of the day, guys. If we're not talking money, what are we talking about? Why are we even running the business, right? At the end of the day, like you know, you want to get together and shoot a little basketball and play some some uh some games and have a hobby, we could do that without wasting each other's time. But look, y'all got to make money. It's like y'all you have to. This is this the whole thing about building legacy. Legacy, look, if nobody ever told you this, legacy ain't free. It costs, it's gonna cost, and you got to make money to pay for it. Period. Bottom line. But nevertheless, I digress onto the topic of our business plan 101. And wait, I, I, I got a joke. I don't have oh, news, oh, I my a joke. Bad, my bad. I apologize. Tell us the joke. Let's roll with that one. Y'all, y'all ready? Y'all ready for this one? You gotta have your head on the stool for this one. All right, come on. Who's he laughing? You know it's gonna be funny, huh? <laughs> Who's the king of all school supplies? But look how they look at each other. Like we supposed to know. I like it. Because he it. probably he probably know it's dumb. <laughs> Who is I don't baby? know. King of all school supplies. Who? The ruler. Stephanie Logo. All right. No, I'm gonna join you with the corner jokes this morning. What did the fish say when it ran into the wall? What? What did I the fish say when it ran into the wall? I'm much Damn. about 
Oh, Dalcassi, <laughs> damn! Oh, stop! Cut it out! Oh, come on! Wow! <laughs> my, see, mine was kid friendly. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, yeah, that that one that one was uh wow, yeah. wow. That that would be one I would I would I would probably say that. That would. I'll probably <laughs> what did the fish say to the wall? <laughs> damn. <laughs> oh, you sound like you like his better than mine. <laughs> no, I like the ruler too. Who's the king of school supplies? The ruler. I'm going. I'm gonna take. Hold on. I'm gonna text somebody that real quick. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. So today's topic, we're gonna continue on from yesterday. We started talking about um, funding requests and. It just kind of put us in a mindset of money and how we look at our money as a business owner. Um, and we're going to continue that, but we're going to move and slide into uh, the conversation about financial projections, right? Which is basically the proof that you have a stable plan or sustainable plan um, as far as making money to pay back any funds that you acquire from an investor or a bank or institution. Um, and there's several components in that. You hear Dwayne talking about this all the time, balance sheets, cash flow statements, profit and loss income statements, all of those things are considered when you're putting together a financial projection. So in layman's terms, a financial projection is showing how much money you think is going to cost you and how much money you're going to make over a period of time. Most of the time, they want a three to five year projection. So think about this. If you have not stabilized how much you're making in a month, then you're going to have to extend that into how much I think I'm going to make in a year, two year, three year, four year, five year time. That means you've really put a lot of thought into it. And to me, that's probably the most successful things you do as a business owner is to have some type of realistic projection about what your how your business is going to perform find it from a financial perspective. Now, with that being said, I'm going to step to the side and let Dwayne step in because he's a resident expert to go ahead and continue with yesterday and bring you into today's topic. Bow. Showtime. There it is. Well, good morning. Uh, so before we, we jump into that, who want to take a stab at tell me anything that you learned from yesterday? I learned that I have to give all my employees 1099 forms. I'm not in, Lord Jesus. I learned not to stay employee. <laughs> that part. Uh, all of the people that work for me, work at my salon. Lord Jesus. Hold out. Work at the salon, at the Movement Beauty Bar. Mm. Um, 1099 forms. <laughs> I'm going to help you with that today in our session at 11. All right. Anybody else? What else did you learn from yesterday? It's okay to say that you don't remember. Yeah, I got a quick question. Uh, if you miss a day, how can you go back and listen to the recording? King Cliff. Well, you can go on my oh. web. You can go on the website, a Mac Enterprise website. There's a link to the podcast, but Cliff also has a link to the podcast that he is actually going to uh put it in the comment there. section we were talking yesterday oh. we talked about the uh we were still talking about the business plan and what we were talking about is the uh financial on funding requests actually um of the business plan how do you set yourself up to get you know to receive funding requests or to get approved rather huh that i 
one thing that I've picked up in the conversations as for funding requests is learning that the IRS is not your enemy and it's changing a lot of mindsets in the sense of the IRS is actually there to help you, especially when you're a CEO of your own business. Good. Anybody else? Also learned that you can't um, expect funding from uh, for your business um, trying to get a refund from the IRS. Good one. Oh, that's a good one. Can I add something else to that? Yep. Not having to hook your social security number to your funding request because you're just an LLC. Mm-hmm. Now that's definitely a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, you know, I was I was talking to Cliff this morning. And I realized. So I, first and foremost, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I and I want everybody to take this to heart. This room is a safe place. There, you, there is no wrong answer in a sense of what you feel. Right? It, it's Cliff and I's job to make sure that we provide you all with the tools to be successful. We want the engagement. We like the you know the dialogue because. What it does is it helps everybody understand um, where and how and all that good stuff. So please never be afraid to just say what it is. I mean, I, we don't expect you all to be experts. If you've been if you've been experts, I mean, there was no need for you to join the call. So you join the call for a reason. So just know that this is a safe place. And anytime that we're talking about finances, oftentimes. Um, it almost if, if we're not careful, you can all almost take a step back because you can feel defeated. You can feel like there's no way out of this, whatever, you know, whatever situation that you're in. And I am, you know, sincerely here to tell you that there is definitely a way to get out of whatever situation that you're in, learning how to develop my business to be on its own. Yep, absolutely. Um, so as we, 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 as we talk about the financial projections, what I want to put out there is when you're writing a business plan, the overall goal is for people to understand what is it that you think that you are going to do in revenue and how much expenses you're going to have over the course of two, three, four, five years. Now, just based on that, that can seem like a very, very difficult task. Um, and it can be difficult if you don't have any understanding of the business that you're in. And if you didn't know nothing else, you know that you are in a business, you know that you have a, a, a price that you want to, you know, charge, even if you take it at its fundamental basic steps in that, in that, in that, you know, mindset, you could still come up with financial projections. So, and what I, what I mean by that is if you, uh, like for instance, I'm going to use Logan since Logan brought up his seasoning. Logan had it in his mind that, hey, I think that I'm really good at, you know, putting seasons together. So I want to put it up in, in, in a jar and I want to sell it. Um, he knows that he wants to sell it for $7. So without digging into how much profit and all of that good stuff just yet, one of the first things that you can do when you're actually trying to put together a financial projection is take that particular product multiply that by how many things you're going to sell in a week multiply that week times 52 
that they give you at least a year and you just keep adding on and adding on until yeah. you get to five years. That'll give you every sale that you can possibly think of in your mind that you're going to make when it comes to that product. The other side of that is just expenses. What does it cost for you to operate your business? It's no different than you actually having um, bills at home. You got a light bill, cable bill, groceries. You got all that good stuff. So think about your business. You know that if you if you work at a barbershop, right? You know that you got booth rent. You know you got to buy supplies. I'm sure you probably got to, you know, you got to eat. You got to have gas to get to work. You know, all of those good things. So you, it's just like a budget at home. You just take that and it's very simplified version and just by doing what you think you're gonna get in sales what you think that you're gonna have in expenses you just created a financial projection go ahead cliff you know that that goes back to a conversation we had previously about setting your goals right and Dwayne, i think you mentioned it on yesterday um a simple process right is when you have every product and service you offer you by right should have set a goal for at least that year which means that okay if i have ink pens i should say i want to make this much money in ink pens this year to add to my revenue let's say i want to make a thousand dollars then i go back and look at the cost of the pens and how many pens i need to sell and that should be the projected sales record it's really that simple is when when it's when it's troublesome for people is when you have any goal i just do a bunch of stuff um my example this year I have a number of websites that I want to build. I know the average cost of websites. Therefore, I know how many I need to pursue. So I'm focused not on the money because I've already predicted that. I'm focused primarily on the number of websites I'm doing. So all of my marketing and promotional tactics are tied directly to that, which gives me the ability to look at my financial projections and I can know where I'm falling short or I need to amplify my services. And you really want to do that with everything that you do. How does, how does the service and the product you sell contribute to those financial goals, which impacts your projections? Because what I learned is if something's not working, you might want to start working with it. Let it go. Because now it's taken away from things that can make money for you. But that's kind of like a side conversation. But nevertheless, it starts off with setting some goals in each area of service that you can predict how much money you're going to be making. That's correct. So uh, it's, it's, all, it's, it's relatively that simple in, in, in layman's terms. Um, but obviously, there's more details that need to go in there right so we just touched okay i think that i'm going to do you know five thousand dollars in sales year one so then we and then you say well i think i'm going to have three thousand dollars in expenses so therefore i have a two thousand dollar profit at that point you have literally just completed the income statement the income statement if you ever hear that term income statement that is the exact same thing as a profit and loss statement. Have you ever heard of a profit and loss statement? That's literally just all the money that came in minus all your expenses. And that income statement shows whether or not your business is profitable or not. A cash flow statement is how much money you got, in the, how much money you got on hand. So, you did $5,000 in sales, you had $3,000 in expenses, you're left with $2,000 in cash. Now, if you started with $10,000 in cash, 
that two thousand now you got twelve thousand dollars in cash. That is basically how your cash flow statement would would work, and then it leads to that third piece, which is the balance sheet. Does that balance out when you think about all of your assets? And when I say assets, I'm talking about your bank account, your cash on hand, any property that you own, and all that good stuff. Minus your liability, not how much it costs you to purchase that thing, but how much is your monthly note or your credit card payment. You minus your liability, and that should give you your net income. That net income should be the exact same number on your property loss statement, which is $2,000, essentially. I know I, I literally just simplified that in the most simplest terms that I could possibly think about, but I, I, I did it because I don't want you to be overwhelmed when you're thinking about you know the whole business plan aspect what has to go in into that as long as you can at least start with one product or service that you offer you take that one product or service that you offer and you you know sure you want to reach for the stars but at the same time you want to be realistic as well it's easy for you to say that you're going to do you know you're going to sell logan could say i'm gonna sell 200 cans of season in a week that's great is that realistic probably not right so you want to make sure that you give yourself i would say you want to come up with three targets high end low end what's the middle if you can hit your target in the middle chances are you're going to be successful as long as you stay disciplined with some of the other stuff the the other things now how does this play a part in funding requests. Easy. When you go to a bank, a bank is going to ask you for your income statement and your balance sheet. I don't care what bank you go to, they're going to ask you for the same thing. I don't even care how much money you're trying to get. If you're trying to get $5,000 or $5 million, they're going to ask you for the same thing. Because between the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statement, in theory, I should be able to know, I should, I could pretty much tell everything about your business at a high level just by reading those. Because your, your profit and loss statement is going to show me every every dollar that you have coming in. And then it's going to also show me where all your money going, where you're spending your money. I'll be able to see line item for line item, where are you spending your money? To me, if you are... If you are in the hair industry and you do hair every day, but you you have a $30,000 line item for AutoZone, for auto parts, that don't make sense. That would throw a red flag to anybody that's looking at it. Or if you are, um, this is a good one, right? <laughs> this is a real good one. Um, if you are an LLC and, um, Watch this. I'm going to do a test with you all. Here we go. Uh, let me see who I want to ask. Miss mm. Stephanie, how many employees do you have? I don't have any employees. All right. Hold that thought. Jewel, how many employees do you have? I have uh, two. Employees? 
people that work with me. Mm-hmm. How you paying them? Through Venmo. Ah, so they're not employees. Okay. No, they just work with me. Here's a dead giveaway to a bank. When you walk into a bank and they ask you, what do you do? Be- before this week, y'all would have said I'm you're the owner of a, of a company. But now you're going to say that you're the CEO, right? Got it. So what do you do? Oh, all right. How's the business going? Because they make, they make, they they literally get to know you. And they're going to say, well, how many employees you have? Well, it's, it's just me. Or oh, I got maybe one contractor from here and there. Cool. Automatically, by that statement, as somebody who's trying to see if I'm going to give you funding, I can go straight to that income statement and determine whether or not you're telling the truth about anything on there or not. Why? Because most people put money on the salaries and wages line. Hmm. Who are you paying salaries and wages to? I have a question. So um, for booth rent, that's not considered income? Yes, it is. Yes, income it is. From, so how do you explain that income? Uh, easy. It's no different than if you had a rent house. You're renting a space for a purpose of generating revenue. You're not giving it away. So that wouldn't be a sale. A sale is when you have a client. That just would go onto your asset line. So that means your assets increase. But it's still income. It still it still contributes to that top that top line number. Because there's a and on, on a tax return, you're gonna have, you know, where you have your cost of goods at, you're also gonna have gross rents and loyalties and all that other good stuff. So you can add that way up there at the top. Okay. But even so, even with that, right? So that income statement show can pretty much tell us anybody who's looking at it everything that we need to know about that business. Now, some people I see it all the time. They have, you know, eighty thousand dollars in sales and seventy-eight thousand dollars in, in expenses, but this all the seventy-eight thousand dollars is on insurance or advertising now that's that we that's that again all these things are dead giveaways and when whenever you have individuals that are following your taxes that don't that you know don't think about those things then there's a bunch of red flags that just jump off so sure you may pass underneath the radar of the irs but when you take that tax return into a, a bank that's just a dead giveaway because the next thing after I'm literally analyzing your expenses, I mean, I'm analyzing your expenses based on the industry that you're in. There's no way in the world, at, uh, you know, as a hair salon, you should have $80,000 in vehicle expenses unless you're mm-hmm. traveling to all your clients across the United States by car. Or, you know, when you when you shop at, you know, Louis Vuitton and all of that good stuff and you put that on the uniforms. That's that could be true. You could definitely that could definitely be part of your uniform because of the business that you're in. But these are the things that you have to think about when you're actually trying to explain your business and where those expense items are going. And then 
once we analyze that, then the next thing that I'm gonna probably go to is just your balance sheet. Because I, that's where it's gonna show me, well, where do you have money? So watch this. If you have, uh, for the, for the majority of people have life insurance. All right, life insurance. Would you consider that an asset or a liability? Asset. Okay. Why? Because I don't see it as a liability. That's an answer. That's <laughs> <definitely. laughs> I like it. I like it. Anybody else? So life insurance is only a liability. Well, take that back. Life insurance is an asset, right? And that asset, believe it or not, can actually help you in a financial situation because banks can take that cash value of that life insurance and add that to your income all day long. The money that you have, if you're doing cryptocurrency, if you're doing, um, you know, you got your stocks, bonds, savings accounts, all, all of those things are assets, right? Now, the liability side of that is these are all the things that you have to pay every month. That's not, but not, I don't want you to think that your rent is a liability because it's not, you don't own it. Your rent is not a liability. Your car note is a liability. Your credit card payment is a liability. Your mortgage is a liability. But look at it on the other side. So you still have a house, right? You're still making payments, but that house is $300,000 that it's worth, and you pay $1,500 a month. On the asset line, that three hundred thousand dollars is gonna you're gonna add that three hundred thousand dollars because that's what it is worth. Your liability on that asset is only fifteen hundred dollars a month. But take all of that into consideration. You have the income statement, what we were talking about, the property loss statement. I'm gonna go directly to your balance sheet because at the very bottom, where where it shows that you're making a profit, I should be able to see that profit roll over to your balance sheet it's kind of like you know back in the day when you had a checkbook you had to balance your checkbook you started with this you ended with that it's the exact same thing and then the cash flow is literally how much cash you have on hand so this is where the trick comes you can probably have ten thousand dollars in your safe you can count it as an asset some banks will honor it but some banks will want to see what that $10,000 is if you have it in another financial institution because they want to make sure that that, that money is it, it exists. But all of those things add to your assets. And then at the end of the day, the balance sheet is only, if, if you have to think about it in another way, the balance sheet is your net worth. How much are you worth? Now, the question is, 
if somebody asked you on the street, how much are you worth? What would you tell them? And better yet, can your balance sheet prove it? I know a lot of people that talk about they got money and they don't have no money. And if the bank can't see that, then the bank can't give you any money. Yes, ma'am, Miss Annette. I just want to tell y'all good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Any questions about that before we move on? Any questions, please. Wait, I definitely, I definitely have to get these business owners together and play cash flow. Everything you just explained is in that game. It's it's an adult level monopoly based on business. And everything that you get the sheets, cash flow sheet, projections, balance sheet, all that comes with the game. We definitely have to do that because I think that physical exercise conditions the mind to understand that as it pertains to business. Because it's very important to, to be able to exercise that and to do that. So now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ticket. I don't know who wants to volunteer, but we're going, we're going to do this. Right. Cause I want this. I, we, we, we need, we need the mind to start thinking in small increments and not the bigger thing. Cause if you can take it in small increments, the bigger thing will come. Um, so who wants to take a, a chance at answering this question? How much sales do you do in a year? Go ahead, Mr. Net. You're on mute. I said zero right now because I'm I'm in real estate. So the market is down. <laughs> so sales is at zero. But did but did you did you sell any any homes this year? Uh not this year. Okay. Did you sell homes last year? I did. How many homes did you sell? I would say for myself as an independent broker, about four. About four homes. Uh, is it safe to say that maybe the average home that you sold was 200000 Oh, most definitely. Okay. So we went with that number. Um, 200000 times 3%. So you made about $24,000 last year. Uh, part-time, yeah, selling real estate. All right. Um, were you a W-2 employee or were you a contractor? 1099. I mean, 1099. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm in the pen, the real estate broker, so I don't 1099 or W-2. <laughs> Wait, say it again? I said I'm a, I'm a, I'm a broker, so I technically don't technically don't 1099 or w2 myself okay um okay but i'm going to start i did that okay. for a specific reason no, that's because, yeah i had a so son let's, that was let's, college, let's just go so with, let's just go with, uh, so without getting too deep into that so you did let's just say you did twenty four thousand dollars uh how much expenses you had last year how much did it cost you to actually get that uh 
24,000? I would say, honestly speaking, um, probably about, about, I would say about 1,500. So in that analogy, hold on, my brain ain't on, hold on. What other, uh, any other expenses? No, uh, just that, that's just primarily color, cover real estate fees. I didn't do any outside marketing. That all counts as an expense. Absolutely. You got to add that. Well, I mean, if you look at cell phone bills and, and, and the way, you know, I was operating that real estate business, of course, I would say, I would say probably, probably add about another, maybe 3,600 to that. Okay. So. 1,500, 3,600, uh, what we have, 50, what do we have? 5,100, all right, cool. So you have 5,100 in expenses, all right, cool. 24,000. That means your net profit would have been 18,900, all right. So that 18,900 would roll over to your balance statement which means, in theory, you should have $18,000 in your business account mm -hmm. if you had a business. Mm -hmm. And then that 18000 is it safe to say that if you took that $18,000 over the course of three years and you took those expenses over the course of three years and all things stayed the same, a financial institution just with that very limited information would consider you to be profitable now let's just hypothetically say that you wanted a, a large loan um with what they see is over the course of three years you have fifty six thousand dollars in profit they will never give you a fifty six thousand dollar loan because it took you three years to make 56,000. So then when you factor in, they look at debt to income ratio, mm -hmm. how much money you have coming in, how much money you have going out, the probability of you actually staying consistent with all things being equal, they're gonna bring it back to that 18,000 that you've done at best, at very best, at very best, 18,900, I would say at best they could probably loan you $7,500. Mm. Now, we just did something with Miss Annette and we talked about it yesterday. When I was telling you all and I was showing you all examples about if you keep showing a loss in your return, what the bank sees. In this analogy, the bank saw that she did $18,000 three years, $56,000 total. She walks into the bank and she said that she needs $25,000. There's no way they would ever give her $25,000 because the most she made in one year was eighteen. dollars Now, keep in mind, she went on record with the IRS to say that she made that eighteen. dollars So when you're filing a loss, your probability and chances of actually getting a loan from a bank decreases. They have nothing to pull from. Now, I got one even better for you. 
let's just say that you say, you know what? I'm going to show the IRS I made some money. Year one, you made $30,000. COVID hit, right? And, man, it was just a tough year. You actually lost $22,000. And then the next year, COVID still lingering. You didn't lose $22,000, but, man, you only made $2,000. What do you think the bank sees? With that analogy 30,000 you lost 22 but you you had a positive number in year three what you think the banks oh uh, I, I i i think they would work off of off of the car with, with the industry i'm in okay i would well, think that it would work off of the current market conditions because how many, how many of you all agree with mr net what you think the bank would look at nope i don't agree okay anybody else want to chime in the bank will always look at numbers okay which numbers they looking at profit and loss okay so in this in this scenario she actually had a profit that the third the the, the current year she actually had a profit Anybody else? So let me let me help you all so that way you don't have to guess too long. First and foremost, what we always have to understand is anytime that you walk into a financial institution to get funding, they're going to ask you for two years of tax returns. Two. Now, when you are trying to get a line of credit and a large line, what they're gonna to wanna to see is historical data. According to year two, she lost 22,000. Year, current year, she made 2,000. According to the bank, she didn't make any money. So then they're gonna stretch it and they say, well, let me see the year before. Oh, you made a profit, $30,000. That's a positive thing. But collectively, collectively, over the course of three years, you only made $10,000. You made 30 the first year, you lost 22 the second. That leaves you with $8,000 over the course of two years. The third year you made two, that gives you 10. So at best, at very best, if she finds somebody that want to do it, they will lend her $4,000 at best and guess what it ain't the bank fault that you only getting four thousand it's not you know Dwayne. i think i think you're making an excellent point and what, what people have to understand is the, how banks do business there there's a calculated risk analysis that they do that has nothing to do with you and you alone um into to missing that statement um, the market's down. They're also looking at people that do what you do to see if their feedback is the same. So they may see 10 other people who you saying the market's down. Well, they're doing fine. What are they doing that you're not doing? So they don't want to get in that cat fight with that. So they're going to look at the numbers at the end of the day. What's the industry producing versus what you're producing? And when she puts you into that system, it's just a matter of numbers, period. It's, it's nothing personal. You know what I mean? I think the way mentioned that before, 
You know, we tend to think the IRS or the boogeyman and the banks are hating us. And don't get me wrong, there are some unfair practices in some places, but at the end of the day, if you have all of your numbers uh, set up right or predictable and your financial projections look realistic and your, your processes are in tune with the way it needs to be, then you're not going to get as much flack or you have a ground to stand on saying, hey, they're not treating me fair. Um, Dwayne's proved it time and time again, breaking down stories, even himself, his ability to obtain funding from banks. But that required having the proper setup that required doing the math, doing the work and predicting what your business is going to do. Unapologetically, without, you know, the market conditions, the market conditions are going to always go up and down. Um, and I can tell you an example. The, the stock market is a perfect place to talk about that. Market conditions go up and down the stock market, but historically they've yielded a 13% return globally. Um, so the banks, and if you don't notice, the banks tie into that market. So they don't want to, what they're not going to listen to is our excuses. <laughs> they want to see the numbers. At the end of the day, and it's up to us to make those numbers work. Um, so I think the conversation like this kind of centers our mind. I think we tend to do business and we don't think about the business. And I think these conversations allows us to kind of start looking at our business from a numbers perspective and not just the fun part of what we do, because sometimes we get caught up in that and we miss out on the business side that allows us to project up or uh, propel our businesses into the future that we imagine. I would, I would, I would agree. I would agree because those decisions that I made and I, I mean, that was part time real estate. But I just, like I told y'all when I introduced myself last week, I actually had a full-time job. Mm -hmm. But I would offset those taxes because that was based on a personal decision. Um, I had a son that was in college. So that's why I would offset those taxes like that. But now that he's no longer in the picture, I have to change my financial, my financial uh, snapshot. It has to change because I'm an older IRS anyway because I could no longer claim him um, well, I, that towards my benefit. Look at it this way, right? So if, I always say separate yourself from the business. And I'm always say that because if you start to separate yourself from the business, then you're not going to take rejection personally. Because at the end of the day, for those of you all who, who just don't know, the bank is not a nonprofit. They don't open up the doors to just give charity. They don't. The bank consists of investors and people alike that see a deal and say, you know what? I think this is a good deal. I'm gonna get my, you know, I'm gonna get a return on my investment. What I am saying is, I banks get so many people that come in to fill out an application every day. Everybody got a good story, everybody got a good idea. Everybody is doing a noble thing, giving back to the community, helping people when they don't have it. It's very noble. It has absolutely to do nothing to do with your ability to pay that back. Your ability to operate a business efficiently. That the the, the story behind it, the drive behind it, that's just as 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 emotion. Facts are. If I if right now, today, if I ask any one of you all right now for $10,000, you don't know me from Adam, would you let me borrow $10,000?
No, probably not. Why nobody answering the question? No, we would not. This is Tiffany. No. Oh. <laughs> Why? Let's get to let, let, let's get to that. Why? Why wouldn't you loan Dwayne ten thousand dollars? The question would be, how am I get my money back? Right, some research. What you gonna research? Yeah. There we go. Now we're getting to see, there. To see if, uh to see how he how he handles money. How would you know that? Uh, <laughs> financial report or income statement or and what uh, what are some of the red flags you're looking for? How long it takes him to pay somebody back? How would you know that? That's the income ratio. Mm -hmm. So how I love what y'all are saying. I just want to know how you figuring this information out. I'm figuring it out because I worked with Vernon before. Like, what could you hear in the reports of be able to tell us in regards to trusting you to give you the money? But what 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 report would you be looking at? Pretty much, you know, what money you have coming in, how your money's going out, what you're spending, spending the money on. Uh, those kind of things. Okay, so <laughs> watch this. What uh, I'm about to hit y'all with something real, real, real quick. Uh, what rep just name me some of the reports that you would be looking at, like your bank statements, uh, your balance sheet. The things we've mm -hmm. been talking about, your profit and loss uh sheet, um, the uh -huh. tax form. Uh-huh. And then that's all I can think of right now. Wouldn't it depend on what you classify as as well? Like uh, as far as like an LLC or corporation, anything like that. So Fair. Fair. your uh, mm -hmm. your credit score or what is it, right. your uh, duns yeah. or your Brad Street. Okay, so let's just park that. Just I just want to touch on it. I don't want to say that. What kind of credit score would I have to have to borrow ten thousand dollars from you? Over eight hundred. Whoa, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got the car, but you ain't getting no money from Logan. <laughs> Logan said I need over eight hundred to get ten grand. Okay. No, no, no. I I say about five hundred. Five hundred credit score. 620. 500 ain't gonna get it, but uh, okay. 800 was shit, 800. I should be able to get more than 10. Oh, yeah, you get more than 10 with eight. <laughs> All right, so now again, I'm not an LLC, I'm a corporation. You don't have my personal credit report. Well, now what else you going off of again? You said my, my balance sheet, my profit loss statement, my tax terms, and somebody said bank statements, right. Is there anything else you would look at, hypothetically? Assets versus liabilities. Okay, that's that's on the balance sheet. I like that. Okay. Uh, what? A, so we're operating as a court, like you're you're borrowing from a corporation. We would be looking at like your net thirty accounts or your payback score. I, I was going to ask another question, but you wouldn't know the answer to that. Uh, but there is a way. Just so you know. 
there is a way for anybody right here to log on to Dun & Bradstreet and search a company. Now, you will not get that credit report or that credit score. You won't get any details unless you pay for it. And then, you know, you can retrieve some high-level information that could kind of help in your decision. But here's why I say that. It's because I need you to understand the reality in which we live in. And this is going to be very, very important. Um, I can produce all kind of paperwork and give it to y'all. I can give my money. Y'all have zero way of verifying anything that I show you. None. Unless you require me to sign what's called a 4506T. What's that? Which is which is a form that has to be sent over to the IRS to release tax transcripts. See, right now, I don't care what nobody tell you. Look it up on the IRS website. You cannot pull. You can pull your personal tax return. And if you're an LLC, your business is going to be on that tax return. You cannot log on to nobody's website and find a corporate tax return. Hello. That only comes by way of having a IRS form filled out. Now, here's the, here's the, not every financial institution relies on IRS transcripts. I'm going to let that sink in for just a second. In addition to that, sure, I can send them some paperwork. Sure, I can send them some bank statements. But because banks have now become hip to what some people have been doing, what they are forcing people to do, some banks, not all, some, what they are forcing people to do is either A, connect their bank account to their system so they can verify funds, or two, having you on a recorded screen log into your bank account so they can see the current balance to alleviate the people who are using, you know, information that they shouldn't be using. Again, not every bank does it. Some of the, the small mom and pops, if I were you, I would have a personal relationship with every small mom and pop bank because those are the banks who don't have high credit requirements, high credit score requirements. Those are the banks that don't have, you know, like uh, your, your business got to be making $500,000 a year. Nope, not at all. There's a bank right now in Opelousas, a 620, I can get you $10,000 and $5,000 on a credit card. As long, watch this, as long as your tax returns show that you can afford the $10,000. Yes, ma'am, Mr. Nett. I just wanted to tell you that, I mean, I released my financial uh, 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 information, but the key to getting the money that I need to get is building a relationship with banks, small banks. One of the best banks I ever dealt with is Liberty Bank out of New Orleans. It's an African-American owned bank. Mm -hmm. um, I started with them when they were in Opelousas. 
And um, I think that's very important to build a relationship with a bank because your banker could tell you exactly what, what is required of you to get the money that you need. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about millions of dollars, but I'm talking about even on a small scale, like you said, a line of credit. That's how a friend started me off with a very $10,000 line of credit from Liberty Bank. And I, I, I didn't even show uh, uh, positive uh, on, on my on my return. And I still got the line of credit. Right, because they went off of your, uh, they probably you know, used your personal credit. But again, you had a relationship with them. Every bank is different. Uh, larger banks, smaller banks, like they're all different. They all have a flavor for whatever it is that they like and they want it to happen to. But more importantly, I, I gave you all of some of those uh, uh, examples because as you're thinking about your business, these are all the things that even if you don't know it, right, you have to start thinking about that in that in that sense. And I say it all the time. And this isn't because I'm trying to just get you all to book an appointment with me or book an appointment with Cliff. It's these things take time. These things take a, a, a desire to want to know a desire to grow because I can give you all the answers today, but then if I'm just giving you the answers and you don't have no context, then the behaviors aren't changing. If you right. change the behavior, the mindset going to change, right? So we're, 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 we're having these dialogues because what we're trying to do is make sure that we can tap into your particular situation personally and see what it is that's stopping you from getting whatever it is that you're trying to get. Any questions before we close? Sound like yesterday's call, silence. Wow, process, process, process. I want, I want to drop this on you guys, right? We've dropped a lot this week on the heavy side. Um, Let me simplify one, one part of this conversation, right? It is important as a business owner to know what you sell, to know it. Um, not a bunch of right, the main things that you sell. The next one is how much does it cost? It's important to know how much it costs you to produce that, that product. Then after that, how much do you profit is another thing. What I sell, what it costs, what I profit. And the last part that we spend the last couple of days is how are you managing the profits? You have to have that mindset in the business that you're focused in exclusively on those numbers. Look, your natural talent and creativity will help you develop products and services unlike anybody else's, but it can get stifled or stagnated if you don't look at the numbers. It's a numbers game, people, at the end of the day. And like Dwayne said, you don't have to be a mathematical genius. You just have to be aware and employ those that are experts to help you if not. Ignoring the, the issues does not make a business better. One thing that the black community is pretty, pretty kind of stuck on is we don't like to talk about the numbers. We don't like to do business. And some of that's from stigma, right? I grew up in a household where my parents never told me how much the rent cost. They just told me everything was expensive. And we turn off the lights, you run the light bill up. What was the light bill? So we're not used to talking in numbers. When you move into the business world, there's a lot of behaviors, like the way I mentioned, that we have to change and we have to start talking in numbers. And the only way you will ever get better is to start practicing it now. This is, a, like I said, this is a safe space. Because you don't have it together, we don't look at you like, oh my God, I can't believe they don't know, they don't understand. That's not the whole mindset. It's like, we got work to do because we want to see people empowered and we want to be able to have those right conversations. Because when you're in front of your now financial institution or an investor, 
they're going to be listening for your number to like Dwayne said is exactly right everybody has a great story but what makes you different and what's always makes you different in the business world is how you deal with your numbers period at the end of the day Jewel Uh, I can only speak for myself, but be honest, I'm overwhelmed by everything. Every day I am overwhelmed by the information I am getting because it is completely new to me. And at the same time, I'm trying to remember to drink water and eat and make money and take care of my kid. And so a lot of the times I just want to listen and not talk because I'm overwhelmed and I don't feel like talking. So I'm speaking on me. Because this is very overwhelming to me. I feel like like uh, I'm going through a divorce of my old self and it hurts and I'm emotional yeah. about it. So I'm speaking on my side. Jewel, you said it perfect. That's what some of you experiencing is known as grief. Um, the, you know, first thing is denial. You're going to feel like, ah, nah, not me. And then when the truth hits hard, you're going to move right into anger. You're going to be upset about it. Like, you know, if you feel like somebody did you wrong, somebody should have told me this. And then you're going to go into bargaining. You're going to start dilly-dallying in the new information and the old information at the same time. And then you're going to hit depression. Now, I don't know if I can do this. You're going to want to give up. But the last stage is the stage we want to get you to is acceptance. And when you get to acceptance, it means that I, I've identified my, my behaviors that are not correct in my thinking. And I'm ready to take action and remember how to eat an elephant. This is a lot of information, but you eat it up for one bite at a time. We're not expecting you to fix all of this, but guess what? We're listening for the change in the way you communicate what you're dealing with. And we're there to guide you and coach you through the whole process. You can't build Rome overnight. Um, you don't build a successful business overnight. It takes a lifetime to build a successful business. It takes a lifetime to obtain legacy. So yes, you should feel overwhelmed just like we did when we first learned this stuff. Like what the hell am I doing? But you just got to stay the course and eventually you'll get to where you are. And one day you'll look back at that and laugh at yourself because you have gained so much knowledge and you've grown your business to your vision's capacity. And then next thing you know is you'll be teaching somebody else how to do that. That's the goal and the hope for everybody. Yes, ma'am, Felicia. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, to Jewel, because I kind of hear, you know, it in her voice and, you know, I just want to tell her that, you know, we've all been there, you know, and, you know, just speaking to you in general as a woman, you know, I think we've all been in that place of hurt and grief and not trusting, but, you know, um, as women, you know, we continue to show up. And one thing that I can say, being on this call consistently, I've seen you show up. So it does show that we all want this change. And, you know, um, it's, it's amazing that they started this podcast. But what's more amazing is that we continue to take the steps to move forward, to grow, and not let our past failures continue to defeat us. So take the, you know, let, let's take it day by day, like they said, you know, not going into it, you know, um, blindsided, you know, but them continuing on a daily basis to guide us through this shows their consistency in wanting better for the black community or small businesses here. So, you know, Jewel, even though it's overwhelming, I think, you know, most of us has, have been in that place as women. Being a single parent, you know, I'm married, but I still have 
children that I, you know, single parent to, and I want better. I want to leave a legacy. And we cannot continue to do in business the way that we have been doing it. So we have to take the steps. It is, it's a must that we do take these steps. And if we can't do it all at once, let's set up a plan to where that we can move forward as black business owners and as women to make sure that we are doing our part to leave a legacy for our children. So that's all I have to say. So guys, that when it comes to business, you got to place facts over feelings. You got to fight through it. I think we all have a lot that we deal with, Jewel, and you're entitled. Let me tell you this. First and foremost, you're entitled to feel overwhelmed. You're entitled to feel bad some days. You're entitled to have a bad week. Don't apologize for having a bad week. Just get through it, right? You know, we all have a lot on our plates. You know, me, I am a, a father. Uh, my wife is in full-time school. If you translate what I just said, full-time school. I have a daughter that has sickle cell. I have a six-year-old daughter who needs attention and smart. I got a son playing football, starting on a team. I got an 18-year-old daughter trying to find her way. I got grandkids in Texas. I got a whole lot going on, and I got to run this business full-time, and I'm trying to translate it into corporation status, trying to hire people. Look, Joe, don't ever think because we stand strong that we don't have them same feelings in, 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 in moments. You know, that's days I'm in this office at night. Where I'm coming to work, and I just sit down and listen to music and sip on something, just you know, downgrade my mindset because it can feel overwhelming. But you know what? I'm too damn stubborn. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. It's just my mentality. You know, I work for them for, for everybody else's business. They overwhelm me and didn't care nothing about it. They just care about me performing. So I, you know what? I am the employee and the boss here. And and we're gonna get it done one way or another. So just know that you're in a circle of people that relate and identify with you, and we're gonna support you through this whole process. But take your day. If you feel overwhelmed, be overwhelmed, but get through it. Tomorrow, I'm not gonna let, I don't want you to feel as overwhelmed. So I might send you a text message to pick on you today, whatever, but it's natural. Don't apologize for your feelings. Just make sure that you can manage your feelings over your over your or, or, or that your feelings does not overtake your 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 facts. You're doing good the way I showed you the numbers, you're trending in the right direction. We're just making adjustments as we go. So and I, and I'm gonna say this, so you know, and not to belabor it so that we can close out like there there there's there's not a business in this world alone that can that can say that they've done it by themselves every success story right has an attachment of somebody helping them get there while the brunt of the work may be on you being in these type of circle circles is the help that that that, that you possibly need yes you're going to feel overwhelming this ain't going to be the first day I'm sure later on down the road, you're going to feel overwhelming again, but know that you have the support around you. Know that you actually have people that genuinely want to see you win, that genuinely want to see you, you know, like, man, you, you got it. Because I, like Cliff said, what I saw, the numbers show me, you got it. Just got, just got to switch some things up. And it, you, you, it, so it's never, nothing that I've said is designed for anybody to do it by themselves. If you do not believe what Cliff and I are saying, if you do not want to just talk to us, whatever, go go Google it. Go go find somebody to help you. Because you you need it. You 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 need the help. But with that being said, man, I want to thank everybody for continuing to be consistent. Um we have a new face. She joined today, Miss Leslie Williams. Uh, she is the CEO of London Parker Properties, which is an Airbnb company. She's doing hair salon suites in Lake Charles. 
She's been doing hair and makeup for I don't know how long. And plus, she sings. She like a. Man, I was about to say she need to sing a song for the something. She she actually sang. She sang, sang. Um. So thank you for joining, uh, Leslie. But thank you everybody for continuing to be consistent and joining. Um. I've been having a lot of consultations with a lot of people on the phone. Um. I'm hoping that you know you all take the next step. Uh, investing yourself, investing your business. Um. And I guarantee you, like. I know one thing's for sure. Ain't nobody can come up to y'all and tell y'all something that goes against what you found out to be true. Yeah. I guarantee you that, if nothing else. That part. So with that being said, man, y'all try to have an amazing, an amazing day to day. Uh, I encourage each of you all, if you just want to pick up the phone and just call, just call, man. I'll talk to you for about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we do that we do that you know <laughs> cool Look, deal, the last plug so if you what i got i'm, I'm behind schedule by the upload today if you want to go back and listen to some of the previous segments you can go to anchor.com i put the link in earlier um and listen to some of those segments while you're going through your day um or re-listen listen to it again and you can go but if you don't you know you'll go to anchor before you go to anchor but if you don't you can take any one of your major platforms amazon music um, iTunes, Spotify. This podcast is on all those platforms. So you have ample opportunity to go back and listen to this, dissect the information, break it down, research it, and come back with, you know, a whole new mindset or questions that you may have for doing that. So you can do that. And if you just don't want to do all of that, then you can go to Dwayne's website and my website. We both got plugs to the podcast on our pages and you'll be able to find it there as well, too. So no excuses. Go back and get yourself some information, education, and that way you can move your business in the right direction. And that's all I got for today, y'all. So I'm excited about the school, that curriculum we building, Cliff. Oh my God, man, y'all. See, this is where we're going to dismantle the overwhelmed feeling because it's going to get slowed down drastically and sectioned off so you can build that business the way you want or rebuild the business the way you want. So me and Dwayne all working on that school, that business school, guys. So get your get your minds, hearts, and your pockets ready because we're gonna try to help you get to that next level when we do this. Mr. Dwayne, we uh we gotta email you um or call you today because we just seeing numbers in our sleep. <laughs> it's 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 so many different numbers. I don't know I which know. ones to choose. I know. We're going to make sure we're going to do what's best for you all and your family. And it's affordable. There it is. Got you. Well, bleep, bleep, bleep. that's all, folks. So y'all go out there and do what you got to do. Have a day. Make sure your day is productive and that it's profitable. So peace out. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Peace. Thank y'all.